Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us today is one of my favorite people, Miss Betty Hersey, the Executive Director of DME Exchange of Dallas, a nonprofit organization that distributes medical equipment to individuals in need. Miss Betty, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, oh, I, I just had to have you back on because you guys do such a great job. For those who don't know, and I'm going to let you explain a little bit better, but um, DME provides the relief of pain and suffering for people with acute injury or illnesses, and they provide the independence and self-sufficiency and mobility of people with chronic illnesses. You will collect, refurbish, sanitize, and distribute Used durable medical equipment. Let me repeat that. Used or or gently used <laughs> durable medical equipment. That's what DME stands for, durable medical equipment, to residences of Dallas County who cannot afford to purchase it or rent it. Miss Betty, you guys do such a wonderful job, and you're so under the radar. I think more people to know need to know about what that you're around, that you exist. And primarily because everybody just assumes when you check out of the hospital, you get everything you need that can make you comfortable and help your rehab and recovery. And that's not true. That's absolutely right. And you did a beautiful job of explaining our mission statement. Um, We like to look at our agency as a positive influence on the donor, on the community, on the recipient. And of course, we get the smiles and the God bless you's here in the agency that oh, not everybody yeah. else gets, but mm-hmm. uh, we certainly uh, are appreciated by the people we serve. And can you talk about the people you serve again? Because there's this uh, misunderstanding, I think, amongst the public, the general public, that you know you go to the hospital and they help you out, and if you don't have the correct insurance you might not get what you need to leave the hospital. Can you explain that process of what people think or what normally happens and how you guys step in? Well, and I think you're exactly right. The fact that most people, when they go to the hospital, they have some sort of uh, insurance, most people think, Mm -hmm. and that uh, if you need a walker or if you need, uh, you know, something, some... uh, shower chair or something like that to take a shower that you'll just get it Mm -hmm. because your insurance company takes care of it. Well, 
the alarming fact, and it has been since I have been at this agency since 2013, is that Texas and Dallas in particular has the highest number of uninsured individuals in the entire country. Oh, my. And what that means is, uh, you know, I think it's one in four people mm-hmm. don't have insurance coverage. But uh, what that means is that when you get ready to leave the hospital and you need something like a walker to keep you from falling, to help you recover, you don't have access to that. There's no way for you to get it, which means in order for you to have a successful recovery and not show up again with, you know, uh, having had a fall on top of whatever else you're recovering from, um, you have to have the, the right and the appropriate durable medical equipment, or DME, mm-hmm. as we say. Mm-hmm. And that means if you don't have insurance, either a nurse or a social worker spends their time on the phone trying to find somebody who will donate it to them. And you can imagine vendors can only donate so much. And when you multiply that by the numerous requests that are coming from each individual hospital, each floor of each hospital, that means that uh, that's a considerable amount of time that is put forth trying to find the right kind of equipment so that this person can go home and recover. And it could be an accident, could be an illness, it could be, you know, an, a heart attack, something tragic that has just happened. Uh, it could be the onset of old age, which means it's going to be chronic, mm-hmm. or it could be uh, a degenerative condition. There are lots of reasons that people need equipment. And if you don't have access, if you don't have insurance, then you are just out of luck. Right, so and, and people have no better, idea. It's a better use of the nurse's time, the mm-hmm. social worker's time, to go on and help the next patient rather than spending their time on the phone trying to find what the patient who is recovered enough to go home, you know, trying to find equipment for them. So, And plus, the person who can't afford to be in the hospital is uh, collecting more debt. Yeah. So we we like to help. We like to think that we have been a help to nearly everyone in the process. It, it's an amazing thing that you do. And I actually found those numbers you were talking about. Dallas County, you know, everybody knows everybody's mm-hmm. moving to Texas, but Dallas County in particular is the ninth largest county in America. Dallas County added mm-hmm. 39,809 people from July 2008 uh, to 2009, and that was way a long time ago. And we're showing how it's just yep. even grown since then. 32, or 33 well, point, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say between 25 and 50,000 people show up in the hospital and don't have access to DME annually. That is just amazing. And, again, these numbers just are staggering. Dallas County, 33.2% of residents under the age of 65 have no medical coverage. This percentage is higher than that for the whole state of Texas. 
which in turn has the Mm -hmm. highest overall uninsured rate of any state in the nation. We always say things are bigger and better in Texas. Well, that's bigger, but that's not necessarily better. Absolutely. And by contrast, nationally, 17%, 17, 17%, 17% of residents under the age of 65 have no medical coverage. None. Over 40% right. of the Dallas County population, that's over a million people, have income below 200% of the federal poverty limit. That's the FPL. Of those numbers mm-hmm. below the FPL, an estimated 50% of them, 500,000 people, are uninsured. That's, yep. that's just, that's it, just, it, really is it doesn't make sense for a city that's growing so well and so many people moving here, corporations, and yet it's like it's like a, a little secret that nobody really knows about until they're check, checking out of the hospital. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, many of them are there. You know, it was mm-hmm. an unplanned accident, unplanned illness. You know, they didn't plan to go to the hospital. You know, it's right. not something that they could really avoid. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck there simply because they can't, uh, they don't have access to the DME and they can't leave the hospital until they do. So now, it's it's really what we do makes it better for the hospitals, the patients, mm-hmm. the community, because you see people who do recover generally uh, quicker at home with yeah, family around. Right. And then, uh, you know, you don't want them to fall. You don't want them to have another accident Mm -hmm. on top of what they're already recovering from. That puts them back in the hospital where they really didn't need to be in the first place. Exactly. So, and then that just adds to the debt that they've got. And not all insurance covers this in particular, the DME. Do you know about Medicare, Medicaid? Does it cover it at all? Uh, Maybe limited? There are things there. what we call uh, gaps in coverage, mm-hmm. and that means generally most insurance companies do not cover shower chairs or mm-hmm. raised toilet seats mm-hmm. or tub transfer benches, things like that. And it's just a given. Uh, Parkland Hospital does an amazing job of covering Uh, indigent patients, Mm -hmm. but their insurance that they can offer to the individual or the coverage that they can offer them does not include DME. So Parkland's kind of behind the eight ball starting out. I mean, they they know when they have a patient and and that's their mission is to cover the public uh, that they're going to have problems finding what this person needs. And to make sure that they have everything, you know, mm-hmm. on their dismissal. You so know, go ahead. That's where we come in. Yeah, you come in so so nicely. And again, this is something that people don't really think about, but they really should think about, especially in this day and age. I call it the gig economy because there's a lot of people under the age of thirty that actually, you know, they have gigs. They don't have the quote unquote traditional nine to five job. A lot of them don't want it that way. Some of them do. They want the flexibility. But a lot of these particular occupations do not have, like, great health benefits. And then I'm also looking at yeah. the population, uh, and you can, I want you to elaborate on this. There are families 
that make a good living and their insurance is not that great and they're not prepared for an emergency because literally they're quietly living check to check. Can you talk about some of those situations that you come across? Well, and and we see this every day. Yeah. people who just uh, sometimes they're working two jobs Mm -hmm. and it, like I said, it is really a disruption to their family. If they have to go to the hospital, spend time away from their job, away from their family for any length of time, it puts a huge burden on the family as well as on their finances. So a family that was just sort of struggling by just sort of making it, uh, is then you know sort of a crisis situation, but the nice thing about it is to add some incentive uh, because we're a nonprofit agency, mm-hmm. we can provide a tax receipt to those people who have had durable medical equipment and no longer need it. If they're recovering from a broken leg or something you know along those lines. They donate it to us if it's gently used. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could give them a tax receipt, which gives them sort of an incentive or a perk to uh, provide it to us. Secondly, uh, you know, we turn around and do some minor repairs. We're not set up to do major repairs, but uh, those things have been used gently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. Uh, refurbish sure. and then we sanitize that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you don't get some of the churches have uh, what they call closets mm-hmm. or some of the organizations just because they've worked with patients before over a long period of time and know that they do need some help but they're not able to do the sort of sanitization that we do that is required by the state in order to make sure that you're not passing germs, mm-hmm. you know, that you're adding illness to what you already have um, to that equipment, which you know is being transferred with good intention, sure. but still it causes another problem. Mm-hmm. We're talking again with Betty Hersey. So, She's the executive director of DME, the Exchange of Dallas, and it's a nonprofit organization that distributes medical equipment to individuals in need. And you mentioned the gently used equipment, which is the other part of the equation. You know, uh, people with families, members or whatever who, you know, wind up using the equipment and then they don't know what to do with it later. You're saying don't throw it away and don't just keep it, you know, in the back room. (laughs) Yeah, don't let it sit in the garage or up in the attic. There's a there's a place that I can actually you can actually help change some people's lives. Can you explain that a little bit more? You were elaborating right there, but. I wanted you to just kind of explain a little bit more because sometimes people just don't even think, well, you know what? You know, my granddad doesn't have had that walker and, and he doesn't use it anymore. Or my mom, she had the shower chair and she doesn't use that anymore or whatever it may be, a wheelchair, even a wheelchair, right? Right. Right. And those are pretty hard to come by. Uh, it's, a lot of people don't know what to do. They feel bad about just throwing it in right. the trash heap mm-hmm. because they know it's still usable. It's still, it has some life left in it. Mm-hmm. And when we offer to give them a tax receipt, you know, they, they enjoy that. They also enjoy helping out the community. Uh, the, one of the, I guess I'll give you a, uh, 
a story. Okay. We had a fellow who came in one time and he was unable to walk. Mm-hmm. And he came in with his wife and two young daughters, really nice men. Uh, and we gave him a wheelchair. He was so excited and so happy. This meant that he didn't have to sit in a chair all day. This meant that he could be a participant in his family's activities. His daughters were so, I mean, they, they were crying. I can imagine. Yeah. Said, Oh God, bless you. You don't know how much this has impacted our lives. They went out in the parking lot and they took a picture of him in his new wheelchair and the girls were sitting on the arms of it so that they could be close to their dad. And wow. I mean, it just meant a whole different world to him. It, things had opened up and he could participate again. He could go outside. He yeah. Could, you know, he wasn't just sitting at the, the desk or sitting at the, at the, yeah, he wasn't just sitting at the dining room table or sitting in the chair in the bedroom. I hear you. Right. Yeah. But it made such an impact on their lives and he was thrilled. So, you know, when you see that over and over and the people who come to us Mm -hmm. truly are extremely grateful, very kind people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're not the stereotypes that you hear about. They are people who are trying to get on with their lives and they're having problems. They could be your neighbors. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Or the parents. Right. Or the parents of your neighbors or even the kids of Mm -hmm. your neighbors. You just you just never know who's got a struggle. And and again, these struggles may be temporary. And that's the other part about Mm -hmm. it. You know, as I mentioned, they're like families that, you know, they they do well. But, you know, quietly they got credit card debt or whatever it is. And all of a sudden there's this equipment that they need after somebody in the family had to go to the hospital. And it's like, wait a Mm -hmm. minute, what do we do now? And literally they really don't know what to do. So, you know, they're they're combing through their insurance. I'm see, this is why we have you on the show, Miss Betty, because people who are (laughs) listening are like, wow, that's me. Or I know somebody like that. Or, you know, you, you, you think, well, let's go talk to the church. That's the first thing you probably think. Well, let me go see if the, if the church has any answers. And sometimes the churches either do know about you guys or they don't. Can you talk about how any kind of uh, relationship you might have with some of the churches? Oh, yeah. We have had some really wonderful church support. Um, first Unitarian Church has always been very good to us. Uh, King of Glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lutheran Church has been uh, supportive, Temple Emmanuel. We have a number of of churches and synagogues who have uh, supported us over the years, either with some kind of a collection day or, you know, some of them give us uh, funding, but, you know, it's not a huge amount of funding, but it, 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 it makes a difference to us. And it's something that we know that we can count on. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh nonprofits tough these days. <laughs> oh yeah. It is very tough. And these times, this side of the pandemic, even though the economy is getting a little bit better, things are very, very expensive still. And that's why it's so important that, oh, yeah. uh, that you're around. One other note, uh, a couple of days ago, it was North Texas day of giving where all the different nonprofits were, 
you're able to uh, uh-huh. be make people aware of what they have going on. And that was just a few days ago. I hope it was it was pretty good for you guys too. Well, you know, we have gotten some funds in from that. It's not anything right now that you mm-hmm. know is going significant to, uh, yeah. fund your agency all year. But right. It, it's funding that you would not normally get, mm-hmm. and it's very very helpful. And the other the one of the big problems is there's so many choices. There's so many people. Oh yeah, on one or day. so many agencies available. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone has uh, has uh, their own interest sure. you know in different things mm-hmm. and the, the other thing is we're not darling children or kitties or puppies and so <laughs> we really compete for funds oh i can imagine and that's another reason why i wanted to have you on as people are kind of like in that giving mo- mode i mean um you know into september giving mode we're now into october but usually people aren't even thinking that way until we get to the holidays again. Is that is that the pattern that you've kind of noticed in the nonprofit world that, you know, people kind of think about it during the holidays or they think about it uh, during, you know, certain months that are for that particular nonprofit? Sure, sure. Nonprofits get the bulk of their money in the last month of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty tough to pay staff and run an agency when you don't know how much money you're going to have month to month. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it's, it is difficult, but that's, you know, you're, uh, if you're a nonprofit person, that's just who you are. Right. That's just part <laughs> of the challenge. You have a very empathetic yeah. heart and, and, and soul and you believe in giving and that's just part of the, part of the process is part of the, the challenge, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that takes and me we to and every I, donor. Oh yeah, every single donor. Which leads me to you mentioned that you started uh, with DME back in 2013. What made you join the DME and, and wind up being the executive director? We want to hear your story because people always like to you know hear the stories of how people get involved in different nonprofit organizations and what what pushes their buttons or or, or touches their hearts. I guess I have always been uh, a nonprofit person. I have a daughter who has Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and I have been on, you know, area, state, national boards. I've been doing this for a while, and I really believe in anything that will level the playing field. Yeah. Uh, certainly, it wasn't my daughter's fault that she was born with this condition. And so, as a parent, you want to provide uh, as much of a normal life as you can for your child. You want them to be a part of the world. You don't want them left home, you know, sitting, wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, we have the school movement now where you send your kids to uh, typical neighborhood schools. When my kids were first starting at school, uh, that was new. That didn't happen until the 70s with the, uh, when they developed uh, 94-142, or IDEA, and then kids started going to public schools. Before mm-hmm. that, they really weren't accepted there, and they were sort of relegated to private schools. Right, or home, homeschooling or something, yeah. That. yeah. So anyway, my whole life, I... Uh, Prior to being here, I was with Reading and Radio Resource, and that was 
recording books. We had a radio station, okay. and it was for people who were no longer able to read for themselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I guess I've been doing this for over 40 years. And uh, it's it, anything that I can do to help people have a better life, I enjoy doing. I can tell. And again, you're right there in the <laughs> trenches, especially with, uh, like I said, the, 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 the gently used equipment that people need when they, they get out of the hospital. Can you talk about how anybody else might want to volunteer with you or how over oh, the years you've that. had people? I mean, I know it's it's kind of tricky. Sort of, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's kind of tricky, so I wanted you to go ahead and, and elaborate a little bit. Okay. Uh, the three things that we need is obviously the equipment. The second thing we need is funds to keep mm-hmm. the lights on, to pay the salaries, to buy the uh, you know the things that we need to do to fix the equipment. We have uh, a van that we uh, provide some delivery service. It's it's limited simply because we're so small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also need volunteers, and that is something that is really critical. We don't have the funds to pay a huge staff of people, and we rely on, uh, as Tennessee Williams used to say, the kindness of others. Oh yeah, uh, to help us with those with those uh, efforts, and I mean, we always have a pot of coffee going, and it really is kind of fun. If you come in with a friend, mm-hmm. you can come in one time a week. You can come in six times a week. You can, you know, come in one time a year. We're pretty flexible, but uh, we do need the help with preparing these items. We also need help with. You know, PR with marketing, um, just everything that you can think of that a nonprofit or a business would need. So, volunteers, equipment, and money all have the same base for us. Right. That's, they they have the same value. Mm-hmm. There's one that's not any more important than the other, and we need all three. You know what? A lot of people put it like this. We need we either need your time, your talent, or your treasure. And they're all equal to us. They're Absolutely. all that important. They're all that important. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned, you know, the treasure. And, you know, some people make donations individually. But there's also, like, entire churches or organizations that might partner with you, right? They can do that. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. We do uh, sponsor uh, on occasion uh, we have churches who will come in and do a work day, mm-hmm. or actually the the staff at Parkland, and we've had uh, staff from Baylor and oh, several good. other places will come in, and all of a sudden, you know, when they call and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have that right now, you know, we've already given that out, um, they know what it takes if they've volunteered to process something and they yeah. know how thorough we are. Right. So it, you know, they have a better appreciation. You know what you're saying this and it just made me think of something. There are lots of major corporations that actually listen to this show, heads of different corporations mm-hmm. and they have days of service where their staff mm-hmm. 
you know, they can get credit for, for giving or for helping or volunteering. And yes. they might actually do a, mm-hmm. a, a joint thing where the entire staff, maybe 50 or 60 people or whatever, 20, they all come out in a particular, go to an organization and they help out, whether it's serving food or whether it's uh, uh, doing things out in a garden or just whatever it is, uh, uh just all the different kind of things where you can give back. And so this might be an opportunity mm-hmm. for a group like that, right? Where you, you have an organization that likes to, to volunteer and, yeah, and, and give credits and stuff. We have a small space, so we could only get so many volunteers at, uh, at a time. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of things that they could do, lots of places that we could put them. And, you know, we like it because it creates an appreciation, as I said, mm-hmm. of the process that has to go on. And then uh, they tell their friends. And that is wonderful for us. And maybe we'll get a full-time volunteer out of it. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, uh, and I just thought exciting. of it. I just thought of another one. Okay. You know, a lot of people, we're talking about a lot of people uh, tend to think of the nonprofits at the end of the year. And they write off certain things, bigger mm-hmm. businesses, or even people who have a little bit more to give. But there's always a group that are like collecting food for people who are, you know, hungry. And we're we're talking about around Thanksgiving and turkeys and having turkey drives or clothes drives. You can have like a medical uh, equipment drive, you gently used. You know, you could, right? Some like you said, you could hire somebody or not hire somebody. You could ask somebody join your staff as a volunteer that knows some marketing ideas and maybe is really good with social media and to get the word out where it's, we can collect all of these different, uh, you know, the different, uh, how do I describe these again? The durable medical equipment that you collect to, to take care of the people who, who all can't. All the different pieces, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice this time of the year too. I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying it out loud because sometimes when people hear it, while they're driving around or while they're at home listening on the radio, they want, you know, I could do that or I could help out with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just different ways and, that you can make an impact. Yeah. We greatly appreciate people who are willing to help or, or have ideas or uh, bring funds. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, it, everything is appreciated. <laughs> it's just fantastic when you think about it. Now I know you've got a, I think coming up, um, actually, the first Sunday in October, October 1st, there's a fundraiser you're doing out on White Rock Lake? Yes. Uh, this is the second year for that. Uh, we have uh, it's the Spirit of Dallas. It's uh, a boat that uh, provides cruises or tours of White Rock Lake, and it's about an hour and a half. Oh, nice. And, uh, Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their 
your questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Holds about 36 people. Mm-hmm. So we are selling tickets to that and uh, are really looking forward to it. It's been so hot this summer that we're all sort of excited about being able to get out now. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm so glad the weather's changed a little bit, even if it's just a little bit. I'll take it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so how can they find out more information about this this uh, cruise? Because that sounds exciting. And those are the kind of fundraisers that people like to be involved in. Yes. Um, we. Uh, it'll be the 1st of October. It's from 2 to 3.30. We'll meet there at uh, White Rock Lake, you know, where they have all of the uh, the different uh, uh, boats and boat clubs. Oh, yeah. And we'll have some, you know, some finger food. Mm-hmm. And we probably are going to tell a few tales about White Rock Lake since I grew up here and so did our board president. Are you mean, and, are you going to uh, talk about that ghost? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard <laughs> and about that ghost. boats that we used to ride. Yeah. And, uh, some of us even know where there's some pretty good parking places. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what? You want to hear something funny? You want to hear something funny? You bring up my kids. I used, me and my wife used to bring our kids to play at that little playground over there at White Rock Lake, the one that looks over the lake mm-hmm. with the swing sets and all that. I have a lot of great memories. Oh, stone tables. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't even live in the White Rock Lake area. I just thought it was so pretty. It'd just be a nice thing to do, get out of the house. Yeah, it is. It is. They've got some great things to do. They they now have a rowing club. Is they that have, right? Uh, uh, they have all kinds of, of opportunities and exercising areas and some really nice eating places now. Oh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's a great place to be. Well, let me tell you something. So Everybody if, needs to be out there. Interested, they can go to our website, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, dfwdmeexchange.org and that'll give you uh, opportunity to learn a little bit more about it and the ability to donate. Exactly. For those who don't know, again, we're talking with Miss Betty Hershey. She's the executive director of DME Exchange of Dallas and they help provide relief from pain and suffering for people with acute injury or illness and try to help improve the, their independence, their self-sufficiency, and mobility. The people with chronic illnesses, collecting and refurbishing and sanitizing and distributing gently used, durable medical equipment, DME. And this is for residents all over Dallas County 
And again, I admire what you do because people just don't know about that. They just think, okay, I go to the hospital, you know, the hospital gets me the equipment that I need. Uh Oh, not everything. And so you guys really, you really, and again, it's, you get, like you said, the joy of knowing that you've helped change some people's lives, right? Yes, absolutely. And they're caretakers. Yeah. We've saved quite a few backs. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. Do you have any kind of relationships with um, um, some of the senior citizen uh, facilities? Absolutely. Uh, senior citizens, we have sort of a, a reciprocal uh, uh, relationship agreement. Yeah. They give us, sometimes their people will come in and they don't need a walker anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't need something and they'll give it to them thinking it would be helpful. Well, they don't have any place to put it or people to give it to, and they can't, you know, do the uh, sanitization that they need to. So they provide that to us, and we, in turn, give them all of the depends, the bed pads, you know, all those kinds of objects that uh, we get. So it's, it's a nice way to share. It really is. And again, you're you're helping a lot of people, offering solutions and not just pointing out a problem. I like the fact that you're, you're solution driven. I just totally enjoy that. So, Miss Betty, thank you so, so. much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You're always a pleasure to visit with. And you got to do it again. Well, okay. I'd love to. So uh, it really thank you so much for allowing us to be on the air. For sure. Miss Betty Hershey, she's the executive director of DME Exchange of Dallas. Thank you, Miss Betty. And joining us right now is Miss Chantali Inamdar. And did I say that correctly, Chantali? Yes, you nearly got it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pronounce your last name properly. I will repeat after you. Inamdar. Chantali Inamdar. I'm going to get that yes. right. I promise you by the time our conversation is over with, <laughs> she's with BAPS Charities, B-A-P-S Charities. It's a Hindu Heritage Month in October, celebrating yes. the contributions and culture of the Hindu community. And also, there is a brand new temple in New Jersey that everybody's talking about. Can you please tell us about the temple at first, and then we'll talk about Hindu Month. Absolutely, Chris. It's an honor to be on here. So thank you again for having me. Oh, for sure. To talk about the temple, um, I mean, gosh, where where to start? So I will say it has been a 12-year journey in the making, and it is a it is a Hindu place of worship. Mm-hmm. That is the Akshardham, BAPS Swaminara and Akshardham Mandir. And it is also, if you loosely translate what it actually stands for, it is the divine abode of God. And we are here to celebrate that place of worship, not just for the Hindu community, but it's for the world at large. Because when you think about what a place like Akshardham stands for on American soil, it's truly a testament to the American democracy, as mm-hmm. well as the religious freedom that we that we have here, right, to practice our faith and remain rooted in our culture and our values and be able to do that while fully integrating with the American society around us. So it's truly an honor to have this ability to have this Hindu place of worship and a landmark of Hindu architecture and culture celebrating the Indian traditions right here in America. 
I've seen some of the pictures. It's not quite completed yet, but it's been absolutely amazing. How long has it been taken to complete it? And I understand there have been people from all over the country, like over 12,000 people volunteering their services to build this thing. Yes. And Chris, so it has been about 12 years. Efforts started back in 2011. Wow. And so it has been a slow and steady progress. Um, You know, when you come to visit, you'll see the size and scale of the efforts that have gone about in the making. And those 12,500 volunteers, as you mentioned, they've come from all over the all over the nation, even here in Texas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We've had um, Texans, you know, join us and Mm -hmm. and be a part of this effort, which has been incredible because there's people of all different backgrounds, Chris, you're talking doctors, lawyers, professionals, there's graphic designers, illustrators, artists, you name it, um, project managers like myself, who have who have been a part of this effort. And it's truly so humbling to be able to work with them and and be be there for the shared singular vision of our spiritual leader. This is what's so amazing. It's 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 my, I mean, I was just seeing the videos, and again, I'm like, this this is not even completely finished yet, but it's absolutely very, very close. It's taken all these years. It's so grand, and it offers more than just the sculptures. Can you talk about the different things that are inside or the different things that people might be able to do as they tour it? Absolutely, Chris. I'd love to kind of give you um, almost a a visual of what you can expect when you just enter the campus and the premises of Akshardham. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, you know, you're you're entering the space, which is surrounded by beautiful landscape and flowers and fauna that immediately kind of leave you um, to think that, okay, those worries about getting the groceries or uh, that meeting tomorrow can can be parked out here. And mm-hmm. you walk in, you you drive in perhaps, and you see this 49 feet tall sacred image of Bhagavan Swaminarayan, to whom the entire campus is dedicated. And it's teenage form actually standing in a yogic posture. And that in itself, just looking at that image fills you with so much calm and peace. And then there there you have, you know, just behind that um, image is a traditional Indian stepped well, which has beautiful um, fountains and waters from over wow. 300 bodies of water mm. that are just flowing in there and the sounds of that you know combined with the scent of like the incense sticks that are lit in front of the sacred image it all just puts you in this like meditative state where Mm -hmm. you feel like you have truly come outside of your normal day-to-day the hustle bustle of your daily life and perhaps even feel like you've stepped into india itself yeah and then you have you know beyond those two those two initial locations there's the Welcome Center, which is completely ornate with um, wood that was sourced from Burma, and it's hand-carved. And it's got so much symbolism, so much meaning in each little intricate carving that it just transports you um, to this 17th century architectural style, which is called the Haveli architecture. And so all of these pieces and elements, you know, you you get to witness some of the rituals, the religious ceremonies that are part of the Hindu culture. and. And it's truly just altogether an immersive experience. Uh, mind you, there's also great food, great Indian food. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, oh, that's yeah. at the back end of that experience or the front end, however you choose. And it just completely gives you this immersive experience of having gone to India um, while you'll have saved yourself perhaps 20 hours in travel time and just come to New Jersey. 
it's so amazing that you bring that up because I was all I was visualizing was you were saying is like this is similar, not as grand, I'm sure, but close to the mm-hmm. Taj Mahal. It's it's making you visualize the Taj Mahal, even though the Taj Mahal is just it's so epic. It's like the Great Wall of China. It's like the pyramids <laughs> in in, in uh, Egypt. I mean, it's it's up there. So you don't have to necessarily go to India to see something that is so miraculous and so incredible. It is here in the United States. I, I would still say go see that as well because oh, yeah. I'm sure that that holds its own beauty. That's a bucket and list, yes. Truly, truly an architectural marvel. But I think that the commonality, if I may, Chris, in, mm-hmm. in both of those structures, you know, Akshardham and Taj Mahal and the rest of the grand places around us, it's it's what makes it unique is the love with which it's made, right? right. The, the intent with which it's made. And mm-hmm. I think that's truly what Akshardham, for all the volunteers, including myself, it's it's a testament to this camaraderie. It's a testament to the greatness that can be achieved when enough hearts and minds come together, you know, for a collective vision. And, and I want to share, because this is very personal to me as I've been a part of BAPS since practically birth, I would say. Okay. And, you know, it's the vision of our spiritual leader, Pramukhswami Maharaj. He envisioned this place for this Akshardham to be a place where people can feel peace and inspiration to lead a better life. And and I think that is just such a universal message. It does not limit itself to a group of people. It right. does not limit itself to a group of community even. It's It's so much more grand beyond just that and and i think that's the that's the excitement that we share that's the love we share um as we make this akshadam and come to the closing ceremonies in in the next few days you know what's so interesting about this again we're talking about this and the bottom line is selfless service am i wrong is it about service and volunteerism and the, the whole that's what kind of the 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 number one not the number one but one of the majority things about Hinduism is is selfless service. Yes, and Chris, selfless service is truly at the core. It's in our DNA as as Hindus, as um, as humans. I would yeah, say, right, this everybody. collective spirit to to want to give back in ways that can benefit the greater community. Because if if you have something that God has given you, why not share that, right? Why mm-hmm. not make the most of it and and benefit others as well just as just as God has blessed you with those with those things i mean it's it's just what people do they care about each other it's it's about mm-hmm. empathy and and again, what can you do to help out? How can you help your community? How can you uh bring people together and this is just another way when the, yep. the go ahead. No, I was just going to add to that, and um, it, it's it's actually a perfect um, opportunity to share with you, Chris. Um, you you may be interested to know that in the same spirit of service, you know, through through the course of the last several months, as we've geared up to prepare for the opening ceremonies of Akshardham, we've hosted two very significant events. Uh, again, in the same spirit of service to give back to the local community. Mm-hmm. So. There's a 75-day-long blood drive that we've right. that, that we've been running, yeah, and it's uh, it's incredible because I mean it, it was the need of the hour. You know, you were hearing in the reports that there's a blood shortage, especially around the summer months, mm-hmm. and especially here in New Jersey. So it was great to get an opportunity to partner with some of the local institutions and 
you know, set this goal of um, collecting over 6,000 pints of blood to save up to 8,000 lives. And it's been incredible to see the kind of turnout that we've had because there's been so many um, devotees, well-wishers, volunteers here um, for the mandir and for the preparations that each of them have chosen to tend to this calling, you know, equally, that while we're helping to build this mandir um, in the premises of Akshardham, you know, we want to make a mandir within our hearts too. And that means to give back and to that means to continuously practice this um, inclination towards service and this action of, of giving back. And so it's been incredible to see that. Um, the second initiative has been the Days of Giving mm -hmm. campaign, Chris, mm -hmm. and that has been a very sweet initiative actually, because there's school supplies and hygiene products and food cans that are being collected um, by, again, individuals who are coming, flying across the nation to be here for yes. these celebrations. So we've just hit our 10,000 item mark as of last week, and it's been so humbling to see how much people have in their hearts to want to give. It's absolutely amazing, as you mentioned, the 75 Days of Hope, the Blood Drive, um, here in, in Dallas-Fort Worth, I've been to the temple in Irving, and they've already told me they've got 70 people who've been to New Jersey and are being a part of all of this to uh, Ashkadam. And yes. the, whole, the whole thing is it's they, the, the, the community listens to this show all the time, and they feel a big part of this. And, and their number one goal is to have a, a commonality of diverse backgrounds with people in the society. And, and they just want everybody to understand about the service and volunteerism that, that they have. And at the end of October, the, the times that I've been out there, that's when they have all of the food and the festival outside. And it's just been absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show in particular to show about the nationwide and worldwide impact. Yes. And you mentioned Diwali, um, Chris, mm -hmm. that's going to be another uh, another That's marvel another to kind one. of behold. Yes, um, you know, just all across the nation, especially at Akshadam, as it'll be its first to celebrate here in mid-November this year. Mm -hmm. So you're most welcome. Uh, I'm sure you'll visit uh, the Dallas uh, Mandir, but also do do consider joining us here in Akshadam as well. I've been invited. I, I'm telling you, if I could get myself to the East Coast, which I do <laughs> quite often, I, my, my in-laws actually live in the New York area, so they just never know. And, uh, you know, uh, Parish Patel down here, he's invited me to go to New Jersey with him. So I might do that. But I'll give you one more. Ironically, the first week in October, I will be going to the United Arab Emirates and visiting a temple there. I'll be going um, with the NBA and the Dallas Mavericks organization. So I'm, oh, I'm wow. yeah, so I'm all about it. I, I can't wait to see because I'm, I'm all about people getting together. I just, I just enjoy the fact that people love to volunteer and I, I like the fact that your faith is, that is the basis of it. In fact, can you talk a little bit more about Hindu Heritage Month and about how the faith, this is, this is such a, a recognition of what you celebrate, the contributions and culture and heritage of Hinduism and the Hindu community? Absolutely, Chris. I think it's such a perfect irony that the opening of Akshadam falls within the Hindu Heritage Month, right? What are the odds? Mm -hmm. But it's a perfect alignment because when you think about Hinduism on the broadest level possible, there's this one principle that unites us all, and that is Vasudheva Kutumbakam. And it means that the world is one family. And that's the principle that 
each of us embody, each of us try to live by and remember each day, because、mm-hmm. that's the unifying and the underlining factor in in all the efforts and all the、um, spiritual journeys and all the、um, sevas, the selfless services that we perform. Right, that unifying factor that the world is one family, and so helping the family members in need,、um, helping each other,、um, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally. All, in all those ways, we are united, and so I think this is a perfect testament to also Akshardham because, like I was saying earlier, that it's not just for a particular community; it's open to all、right. visitors, irrespective of your background, your faith,、um, your race, religion. It, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Akshardham is open to you. That's right. It's 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 beyond being the largest Hindu. Mandarin, the United States. Its purpose is to serve as an iconic representation of unity, culture, and service, gracefully connecting India's rich heritage with contemporary America. Did I say that right? <laughs> that was beautiful, Chris. Yes, thank you for capturing all our sentiments in that statement. I'm trying my best because I, you know, I, I've actually, like I said, I've been to the temple here in DFW, and it's just absolutely amazing. And you know, I, I'm gonna pull the curtain back. Can I go ahead and pull the curtain back? Go for it. <laughs> Way back when I was a small child, I was really into the Beatles, the music, right?、Mm-hmm. And they went to India, and George Harrison was visiting、uh. with Swamis, and I was like, I've got to find out more. <laughs> and, oh my gosh! Yeah. So did I strike a nerve a little bit? I was like, I mean, <laughs> I've just really been impressed with the whole. Hindu、uh, experience. I'm not saying I'm an ex- expert by any means, but I've always been fascinated. <laughs> When you said that, Chris, I just remembered、um, an image I saw in a mu- museum in London. Is it maybe about five years ago? Where it's George Harrison with Ravi Shankar、mm-hmm. posing together, and that's that's probably symbolic of that visit itself. Yeah, I, I mean, you're. Your religion has influenced some of the greatest music in the world, and everybody knows the George Harrison story. If you haven't, just please Google it up. George Harrison was so influenced to the day he died. I mean, he was all about it. So, again,、wow. I'm just I'm just grinning as I'm saying this because I'm just you just like I said, strikes a nerve with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I it, I think it is ultimately those universal principles, right? That、mm-hmm. that who. Who isn't、um, here for that unity? You know, who isn't、right. here for that harmony, so that we can all thrive together, right? Help each other and thrive、yes. together as a collective. Yeah. Could you could you explain to those who aren't familiar what exactly the swamis are and what they do? Because I've met a few swamis and I've actually had a, a little bracelet they gave me and the whole nine yards. Yeah, absolutely. So our swamis are actually.、Um, A spiritual guide to us、mm-hmm. in in the satsang, as we call it,、um, at BAPS, and they have chosen to renounce、uh, the world in in many ways. You know, their families, their、uh, possessions, any worldly impact. So they renounce wealth as well. They're, they're kind of like it is a choice. Yeah, they're kind of、yeah. like priests in the Catholic world, maybe.、Uh, you could. You could.、Uh, You could make that comparison, but perhaps it may not do it full justice. I、mm-hmm, would say because、mm-hmm. there's、uh, there's nuances in each in each aspect. So、sure. I would say that the the renounce the renunciation is around all worldly possessions, and it's again a choice that they make to be able to stay 
focused on their spiritual path, you know, prioritize their spiritual journeys in a way that allows them to get closer to the divine, but in the same, in the same effect, allows them to serve back and serve the community as well. So they're equally as much volunteers, you know, as are, as are the, the rest of us. Um, but there's a, a focus around the dedication. There's a focus around the commitment to the spiritual path, um, which is the distinguishing factor, I would say. Can you talk about, now I know that he's not exactly totally, or different, he's had a different interpretation. Mahatma Gandhi, he's Hindu but he had a little bit of a different interpretation. Could you talk about how he fits in with, with the Hindu world? Um, so I am not 100% sure if I will do justice to that answer, Chris. Okay, okay. Um, so I don't know if I want to take that. No uh, worries. I, I, I just yeah. threw that out there because he's a familiar figure and a lot of people love him, and I just threw that yes. out there. Yes, no, and, you know, his teachings mm-hmm. about be the change you wish to see in the world. I, I think it. that resonates with all of us in so many ways. And if I can, if I can link that back to Brahmakswami Maharaj, you know, he was, his ability to channel the compassion he had for people and individuals all around the world into action and mm-hmm. mobilize that into action it is a, is an ability that reminds me of some of those values that, yeah. um, you know, we talked about when, when we hear about the kind of efforts that Gandhiji led as well. And, you know, the example that comes to mind is the 2001 earthquake in India when Brahmuswai Maharaj was able to mobilize um, That's so right. much, so many efforts to uh, collectively, you know, come to the aid of those in need at such a crucial hour. And and again, yeah, you're it's all about being the change we wish to see in the world. And, uh inspiring that kind of action in in thousands of individuals around you is truly a noble achievement. It's all about the noble achievement. It's all about people sharing and and people volunteering and selfless service. And it's a big thing, especially for future generations, because that's basically we all, we all are, we are all who we have. Basically we got to take care of each other. If we're going to make this world a better place. So true, Chris. Are there any upcoming events that we didn't touch on uh, over the next month or so? Because there's so many good things and a lot of people listen and, they, they, you know, if they haven't had a chance, if they don't have the chance to make it up to New Jersey, can you talk about some more about some of the things that they can do in their own communities? Absolutely, Chris. I mean, I would still highly recommend a oh, visit yeah. to New Jersey, even if it's Actually, not dumb. so near in future, um, mm-hmm. because you've just got to come and see this, you know, for yourself. Experience and take pictures. And take pictures and truly immerse yourself in this experience. Um, but I will say that the ability to give back and the ability to affect affect the change, you know, affect um the ways in which we work with each other, the love and compassion that I've seen, the love and respect that I've seen in the individuals and the volunteers who have worked here to build the Sakshadam, those are principles that we're all going to take back with us to our professional lives, to mm-hmm. our families, to our communities. And you, you can do that no matter where you are, right? Uh, practicing that level of compassion and kindness with one another is the best gift that we can give each, give each other. And so keeping that in mind you know there's also i want to i want to talk to the events that are coming up here sure. um, with october 8th being the grand opening there's 
a lot of events leading up to it. So there's the celebration of our Indian culture and heritage day. We're also in fact celebrating the nonviolence day to honor Martin Luther King's teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Mahatma Gandhi's teachings on that very day. There's the interfaith harmony. Um, we're also celebrating the spiritual legacy of our Guru Pramukh Swami Maharaj. And it's just going to be such a uh, such a happy moment for so many of us who have been a part of this making in the last 12 years. And beyond October 8th, once Akshadam is open to the public, uh, there will be the Diwali festivities as, as we were talking yes. about earlier in November. So certainly uh, look out for for that. We will certainly share the dates and you're more than welcome to visit here as well as your local centers um, in Dallas. Most definitely. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you, reminding everybody again, the 75 days of hope, the blood drive, the days of giving, the volunteerism, the selfless service. And October again is Hindu Heritage Month. We're all about it. Shitali, did I leave anything out? Is there uh, any kind of a website where people can find out more information about BAPS Charities? Yes. Actually, if you go to BAPSCharities.org, that will give you the latest and greatest on some of our activities here. And if you'd like to learn more about Akshardham, you can go on our social media channel on Instagram, actually. The account handle is called Akshardham USA. Oh, my goodness. Again, you've got to see it with your own eyes. But to, just to tease it forward, if you see it online <laughs> and see any of the videos, the architecture is absolutely amazing. And again, you just kind of visualize the Taj Mahal, which is even greater. But you just say to yourself, wow, this is like something that's unbelievable. All these years in the making with all these different volunteers from literally all over the United States. It's like. It's it's like you just have to see it with your own eyes. And I know you have, right? <laughs> yes, I've the I've had the fortune to, yes. <laughs> how long have you been work how long have you personally been working on the project in your own way? Because I know everybody's doing something in their own way. Yeah, and Chris, so I've been able to take a four month sabbatical. Uh, to be here and just volunteer in this final stretch. Um, Outside of that, over the last 10 years, I've I've been able to volunteer part-time to help in its making. And it's just such a heartwarming moment for this culmination to to be that is the the grand opening. And the grand opening again is when? October 8th. October 8th. It's a busy, busy, busy time. And we are so glad you had a chance to stop down with us. Shetali. Shitali, thank you so much. And again, thank all of you for listening to Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact in North Texas and across the United States. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. Thank you again for joining us. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.